What makes a great leader great? How do we create a high-performing team? And when we say leader, we mean everyone, because everyone is leading their own life. Will yours be a life by design or a life by default? Those are the big questions, and this podcast will answer them. Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast, where we help you apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders, because great leaders will produce great results. Welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you may be in the world today. This is your host, Steve Schallenberger, and we have an amazing guest with us today. She is the CEO of FJ Management, Inc., a diversified family business that includes wholly owned subsidiaries, Maverick, a 360 C-store convenience store chain, and Big West Oil, a petroleum refinery. And FJ Management also has a minority stake in Pilot Flying J, and other family businesses include Tab Bank, a community bank, and Crystal Inn which is a small chain of hotels. Welcome, Crystal Magdaleth. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Steve. It's great to be with you today. Oh, well, this is fun. And before we get started, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about Crystal. In addition to Crystal's current board role as chairperson of the FJ Management's board, she is a director on the Pilot Flying J Board of Managers serves on the Utah State Board of Higher Education. Thank you, Crystal. That's no easy job, is it? No, that one is not. (laughs) No. a little tough. And along with serving on the board of numerous other significant business and community boards. And she is actively involved in managing the family's charitable giving through FJM Impact Fund, which focuses mostly on education and scholarships, which is an awesome thing to do. It helps so many people. Crystal holds a bachelor's degree in business administration from Pepperdine University. She also completed her college education with an MBA from Harvard Business School. And I remember when she went and came back (laughs) a couple of years ago, right? Yes. And she has an honorary doctorate degree in business from Utah State University as well as Weber State University. And in 2018, she was named the National E&Y Entrepreneur of the Year for Family Business. And Crystal has been active in Young Presidents Organization for about 25 years. This organization is dedicated to executive education. It has 30,000 member presidents throughout the world, and she has held numerous leadership roles in YPO. She loves her role as a mother to her four children, ranging in age from 20 to 26. And in her free time, she enjoys spending time with family and friends. And her favorite activities are running, skiing, and traveling. So I just want to add that I've had a special interest in Crystal since I've seen her as a young lady. I knew her father, Jay, very well, and he was also a YPOer and just a wonderful family. Both of our families have roots in Soda Springs, Idaho, and Star Valley, Wyoming. And Crystal is a class lady. Of all the things I can say, she is just a delight to be around. You feel happier and better when you're around Crystal. So welcome, Crystal. So excited to have you. Well, thank you. That is quite the introduction. And and it's just uh, 
great to be with you today. And I've always, you've always been a role model for me too, Steve, and all the great positive work you do for so many people. So thanks for having me today. Yeah, you bet. This is kind of a a hallmark podcast show today because it's number 300. I invited Crystal on purpose because of how amazing she is. So Crystal, first of all, tell us a bit more about running a family enterprise that includes several businesses. You're now involved in petroleum, lodging, banking, and healthcare. So how do you create a culture across the companies that are each unique? So I think that can be a tough question. And Back in the day when my dad started Flying J, we were a fully integrated oil company. And so it was an oil company and and it was all kind of in that industry. When we changed and restructured back in 2010, suddenly it became clear to me that I needed to have something that tied numerous different businesses together. We came up with, along with our executives, a mission for FJM, Building Value to Last. Because that's what I want to do. I want to build value to last. And the guiding principles are integrity, mutual respect, and excellence. And I figured that no matter what we did and what businesses that we participated in, that these principles were key. And so I knew that they could apply across many different businesses. And then when we get down into our individual businesses and different executive management teams, they put their own twist on that. For instance, Maverick, their mission is to be the coolest convenience store on the planet. And they like to strive to live the titanium rule, which is treating people better than they expect to be treated. So that's kind of how I approach having a number of different businesses and hopefully creating a culture that does embody our guiding principles. That's really exciting. That is so good. Building value Is it values to last? Building value to last. Yeah, value to last. Okay, good. That is so good. And a culture around integrity, mutual respect, and excellence, which sets the standard. Crystal knows that we're all working on becoming your best, but there are certain principles that highly successful leaders use. and, And one of those, besides being integrity, which she just talked about, you know, being true to character, is highly successful leaders lead with a vision. And so thanks for starting out with this. And, and wow, the vision of Maverick be the coolest convenience store on the planet. I want to go there. That's right. That's right. And I hope those that have been to Maverick see and feel that when they go into our stores. That is unique. That's for sure. So what are some of your key lessons learned, like professional lessons that have helped you and your business be successful? So by far, the biggest one is honesty, which obviously fits in with integrity. But I just think if a person isn't honest, it's all bets are off and it's very hard to deal with them. I just need to be honest in all the things that I do. And then I also think it's really important whether you're giving, offering a job to someone or you're doing a deal where you're buying or selling companies that both people on both sides of that deal leave happy. That's super important to me too. So those are a couple of things that have been key lessons for me as I've gone through my business career. Okay, well, those are, those are great. Big deal. And maybe an experience or two on how you learn those lessons. 
So on the honesty piece, of course, I always wanted to do everything with honesty. And my parents definitely instilled that into me. But when I became, when Fly J ended up in bankruptcy back in 2008, and within three weeks, I became CEO and I have not been working for Flying J. And so I did not know every little detail about anything. And I, I needed to know, and I was talking to so many different people and they were asking me questions. And I learned very quickly that I needed to just tell them exactly what I knew. And I needed to be completely truthful because the only way I was going to build trust quickly with people is that they got the same story for me and that I never was questioning, oh, did I spin it a little bit that way for that person spin it a little bit that way for the other person? I just had to be honest. And if I didn't know the answer, I had to be honest about that too. And that served me extremely well during that period of time in my life. I remember very well making that decision that, that that's all I had. I just had my integrity and I needed to stick to that. Also, when we did the Maverick deal back in 2012, I was very proud because the day that we bought the company, we wrote 72 checks to 72 Maverick stockholders who all were very happy to be able to go off and take their money and have a liquidity event and go start now, you know, uh, almost 10 years later, I know there's a ton of new entrepreneurial endeavors because of those checks we wrote. And I'm pretty sure that those people are very happy. So that was an example of doing a deal where both people, a big deal, actually, where both people are very happy. And of course, we're extremely happy with Maverick today as well. Oh, that's a great story. I love hearing about that. And it's a wonderful standard as well. And when you're honest, it's such a great policy. I'm just a great ethic, a great principle right at your heart. But you just don't have to worry about things. Like you said, you don't have to second guess or look over your shoulder. And, and when you're honest, it, you feel good about yourself, don't you? You do. Don't worry about it at that point. Yeah. All right. Well, that's really good. All right. Well, now, if you had the chance to sit down with someone who is just joining your team, what would be one or two things that you would say to them about what it means to be a great team member? You know, I think whether it's at work or in life, having confidence in yourself is just so key and important. And I would just encourage a new employee to have confidence in the job that they were doing. And even though they're a new employee and may not know everything, they should believe in themselves and not be afraid to make mistakes. And I also would encourage them to not be afraid to speak up. If they see something, if they have an idea or they see something we missed or that we didn't do right or wasn't within our guiding principles, that they feel confident and can speak up. Those are a couple of things that I just think are extremely important in the business world. And for me, I really got dumped into a lot of situations that I really had no clue what I was doing. And I just had to use my gut. I had to think through, try to do the right thing. And it worked well for me. But if I had not had confidence, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I needed to believe that in myself. And, and I really think that is just such a key aspect to people in general. Crystal, what recommendation do you have employees that helps them feel confident to speak up? 
what advice would you have for them that where they can and, and how they can be constructive? How, how do you do it in the right way so it's positive as well? First, you know, I would encourage people to sit down with managers and, you know, their managers and supervisors and have just a conversation about what they see. If it's a heated moment, I would say, let's not do it then. Let's take a deep breath and then maybe ask for time to sit down and talk through whatever the situation might be. Or if it's a recommendation for something that we can do better, sort of the same thing, going to supervisors. And because one of our, I hope, and this isn't, you know, we have 8,000 employees, so it's not always easy to get it through to every last employee, but I hope our guiding principle, mutual respect, would come through to some degree and that the person on the other side would accept that. But I think that if people don't, then people also have to, should have confidence to say, you know what, it's still not right. I'm still not getting what I need. I need to go above that person and talk about whatever the issue might be. Yeah, I love that. And that's a big deal for me as well, that every one of our employees feel like they can speak up, but I'm not sure all of them feel comfortable. And that's one of the challenges that I see is how do I create an environment where they can speak up and they can say whatever they want and they don't have to worry about any repercussions. We truly want them to. What have you found is the best way, Crystal, to create that environment? Because I know that something I want to do and I I think I could do better. If we have the opportunity to do that as an example and people see it done, I think that helps a lot too. So in other words, if I see a peer that was able to do that, or if a peer is recognized in a meeting for a great idea, or if someone is recognized for pointing out something that you know wasn't right that we do, that we corrected, I think that those sorts of things give other people more courage. If they see the opposite of that, of course, it has the opposite impact. Then they're you know, I'm just going to go be quiet in my corner and do my job because I see what happens around here if you speak your mind. So I think it's very key as as leaders to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. Okay, good. And to your, uh, this culture that you've talked about integrity and mutual respect and excellence, how do you inspire your employees to be excellent, to get excellent results? You have measures for one thing. And you align those measures and you do have vision and goals and you're always striving to do better and you measure those results so that everybody can be a part of that success and understands what success means. That it's not just something out there that they have no idea how to achieve. So I think getting everybody on the same page and headed the same direction and measuring results and rewarding those results as they happen, can keep you on a path for excellence and continuing to always get better. Okay. Yeah, that's a great answer. I love that answer where they have a vision so that they can lead themselves from within about excellence. That It's something that they believe in and want to be. It gets back to your comment of uh, believing in themselves and what they can do, that they can make a difference and then also have a way to measure it. So really good thought. Thank you. Okay, well, let's go a little bit different direction. I mean, there's so much that you could share, so much that could be helpful. This one is, I happen to know Crystal's husband, Chuck. Chuck is one cool guy, okay? He looks cool, doesn't he, Crystal? He does. 
He does. They both work professionally. And of course, they're husband and wife. So how do you do it? <laughs> how do you, you know, how can you be friends and still work together? <laughs> you know, we've done it a long time. We've been married in a week or two. We will have been married 28 years. So Man. it hasn't always been easy and perfect, but we've had a mutual understanding that we have a partnership to raise our kids and we have the same partnership at work and we have to define for each other where our spaces, I guess, is be the, be the way that I would say it. And so I think that's the way that we have been able to make that happen. But also, you know, it's not, life isn't day to day, always perfect and balanced the way you'd like it. So maybe you're not the best spouse, but you were the best mom, or maybe you're not the best career woman, but you were the best mom that week or that day. And for me, when I think about how you balance all the things you do in your life, I really think it's just that it's balance over a lifetime. And any one day, it's really impossible to feel or even week or even month that you've had balance. But if I can turn 80 or 90 or whatever age I live to, and I can look back and say, I had a fulfilling career, I had a fulfilling family, and I gave back to the community in the ways I wanted to. At that moment in time, I will feel like I had balance. And in between now and then, I think it's just different every day. And do you have any tips on how to stay aligned as a couple and how do you coordinate your schedules? What have you found works best? The best thing is if you really take the time to sit down and literally go through your calendar together so that you know that you're not stepping on each other's toes or that if one of you wants someone to be in an event that you make sure you're there for them. I think that that's a simple thing, but I think that that's super important. And, you know, communication is always just key to everything in life, really. So it's, are you communicating what's happening in your life and sharing that? I think that's also, again, are you on the same page? You know, are you communicating together and staying on the same page? Yeah, you can't take it for granted, can you? You cannot. No, I mean, to be able to laugh together and love, and you really need to have these kind of things lined up so that they don't become an issue. And Chuck and I play a lot. I mean, that was the basis of our relationship. Um, When we met, we loved to do the same thing. So the weekends, we're riding bikes. We do adventure travel a lot together. So we ski all winter. I mean, we are very aligned in the things outside of work that we like to do. So that helps us a lot to stay connected. Okay. I'm glad that you mentioned that. That, That's an important aspect. All right. So you're doing a lot of things. So how have you balanced being a mom and a spouse with your career and work demands? I mean, you have a great family and they're really beautiful. I've seen them. She has twins. Crystal has twins. (laughs) Having four kids in five years, which is what I did at a time that I decided I would step back from the workforce, kind of for obvious reasons. And then diving back in eight years later, really in into a, you know, 60 hours a week, traveling away from home, you have to make sure you spend time with the people that you love the most. And for me, in periods in my life, the one thing that's been pretty darn consistent are the weekends are for for families. So whether it's Chuck is my spouse or our kids, I really have kept our weekends sacred. And I think that has been super helpful. And the other thing is, is that I'm a real type A driven person. And 
I think I could have driven our kids crazy if I hadn't had my career because I just have come to realize that I I do just have so much energy and want to accomplish so much. And I'm afraid I might have overmanaged them and been a helicopter mom. And instead, I think we have raised four very independent kids and I am super proud of them. Our last two are seniors at Notre Dame and they'll graduate and all the kids have graduated from college in four years and are launching. And it's just so fun to watch. And even though I may not have been there every single day, I hope I was an example to them. I mean, I have three daughters and I hope I was an example to them of what they could be if they choose to be. Well, I can attest as an outsider looking in and knowing your family and knowing you and knowing them, you have been. I know you have a great relationship with them and I know they adore you. Thank you. That's, that's how we want it, right? That's exactly how we want it. <laughs> okay, well, on a personal side, what are two or three of your biggest lessons learned in life? So, you know, why and what experiences taught you those lessons? So I think that one of the biggest lessons uh, that I learned and was that you take opportunities when they present themselves to you. And luckily for me, I was a person, I didn't have like a set direction in life. And I, you know, I just tried to do the right things along the way so that I always kept every door open to me. And that has proven to work very well, but things didn't always come in the order that I would have liked them. So one day I was working in Salt Lake and someone suggested, hey, you should go to Harvard Business School. And I'm like, yeah, I should go to Harvard Business School. I'm going to apply and take a chance. And then, you know, a few years after Harvard Business School, my dad said, hey, you know, when you come through Utah, you should come through Salt Lake. I have an idea for you. And he said, hey, do you want to come and build crystal ends. And coincidentally, that same weekend, I met a guy and it ended up being my husband. And that was such a pivotal weekend. And I took advantage of both of those opportunities, got a great husband and I got a great business opportunity. And with a flying J, the same thing, like I bankruptcy was a terrible thing. And, and, you know, it would have been very easy to just run and hide and say, well, whatever, I don't know this business. It's a huge business, 20 billion in sales and 11,000 employees. I mean, I how do I become CEO of that from a stay-at-home mom? And I just think that had I not taken any one of those opportunities, I would not be where I am today. And very few of them came in the order I would have liked them, nor did I even ever expect I would have those opportunities if I had tried to plan them out. So that has certainly been a lesson for me. Um, and any, any one of those steps, if I had just said, ah, that's, I'm having fun. I don't want to do that right now, or I don't want to disrupt my life or whatever. I wouldn't be where I am today. So I, I view that as super important. Probably the most important takeaway from that piece is the one thing that I knew to do is to always, whether I had a job or grades in school or whatever it was, I always strive to be the very, very best I could be because I knew if I did that, there would be no downside. So I think that was an important part of that whole process for me. And then I think knowing that it takes a village to accomplish your dreams. And what I mean by that is that I could not have done all of what I've done if I had been afraid to ask for help. So there's no way when my kids were eight to 13, for instance, and I went back to work, luckily I already had some help with the kids and whether it's family or you hire help or whatever, it's like, through the years, I had to rely on a lot of people to help me 
raise the kind of family I wanted to raise when it comes to the family side, to be able to have dinners at home, right? I, I hired people to make sure groceries were done and things like that. And I, I needed to do that to be able to have things work the way they did. And I just couldn't do it all myself. And on the career side, you know, hiring people smarter than I am and letting them run and, and not micromanaging them is just super important. And I, I think really, if I boil all down, the reason that I am where I am is because I have surrounded myself with such great people that have helped me and been there to support me. And I think that that is, those are a couple of lessons, I guess, taking opportunities and making sure you're not afraid to ask for help that I think are key in life. Well, that is really great advice. Another quality that I've always admired in Crystal is she's also really a humble lady. (laughs) I try. I try. I think that's super important, too. It is. It's a big deal, but I I know you are. And that helps you be open to learning and helps you be open to looking for people to be part of the team and to help and to compensate for things that you think are important. And that's a big deal. Well, I'm always amazed at how fast time goes. And we're at the end of our show today. So do you have one final tip for our listeners before we sign off? I just think mostly approach life with optimism, especially where we are and we find ourselves today. Just keep looking at life like it's great and it's just going to get better. Well, that's a great tip. Because if you look at it that way, actually, it is going to get better. It might take a little work, right? (laughs) That's right. That's right. Well, it's been so fun being together today, Crystal. Thank you for being with us. Thank you. It's been fun for me, too. And and I I hope that uh, your listeners can learn something from today and just so appreciate your leadership, Steve. You do an amazing job. Well, thank you. And, And for our listeners, for you who may be in the inner mountain area, how far do the Maverick stations go out, Crystal? I know they're in the general inner mountain area, right? So we go as far east as New Mexico. We will soon be opening in California. And we're in really all the states in between. Okay, that's great. And of course, you know about Pilot and Flying J. So the next time our listeners go into one of those stores, you can say, oh, yeah, I know Crystal and Chuck. That's right. That's right. (laughs) And you can look around. You can say, man, I'm in the coolest convenience store on the planet. There you go. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we wish you all the best. You're really making a difference in so many lives. So thanks again. And and to you, our listeners, thank you for listening, for being part of the show and really blessing so many other people in the process. This is Steve Schallenberger with Becoming Your Best Global Leadership, wishing you a great day. Thank you for listening. Would you like help to apply the 12 principles of highly successful leaders in your life, in your family, or in your organization? Call us today at 888-690-8764 to speak with a helpful representative to evaluate your situation and how we can help. Or you can visit becomingyourbest.com. Whether it's a corporate training event, keynote, workshop, trainer certification, or personal coaching, It would be our pleasure to serve your needs. Once again, call 888-690-8764 or visit becomingyourbest.com today.